Hey guys, welcome to my series of podcast episodes about what? How? Um, My goal with these episodes is going to be to try to explain to you what a certain comprehensible input strategy is and how to implement it in your classrooms. I hope they're helpful for you. Hey friends, I came today to tell you about a very common activity in the CI world that is called a running dictation. Now, there's a lot of different ways that you can do this, but the basic premise is that there are sentences or parts of a story or some other text that you've been working with in your class, and the students run or walk quickly, walk the fast walking dictation, as I call it in my school, because we play inside, um, and the students are in groups, and they basically have to run to these parts And they have to memorize them and run back to their group and tell a group member um, and like dictate to them what it said in the target language. The person writes it down and then sometimes there's drawing or translation involved. So if you're not familiar with the running dictation, I'm going to go through in depth how I have done it in my classes and how I found that it works well for me. And I hope that this is helpful. It's a really great activity for this time of year when the students are starting to get a little bit restless. They want to be a little more active. Maybe the weather's nicer. Hopefully where you are here in Wisconsin, it was about 43 degrees today and windy. So we did not play this outside, but if the day was nice and sunny or not too windy, I would definitely do this outside. So basically I tell my my students to get into groups of two or three. And the reason why I do this is because I don't want downtime for them. I teach 5th through 8th grade, and for example, I did this with my 6th graders today. They can't handle downtime. So if I have um, four people in a group, too much downtime. Someone, um, and I've done this, I've tried this in the past, so learn from my mistakes or try out some of these different things based on what sounds like it might fit your students best. So in the past, I've tried with four students where one person is the runner, One is the writer, one is like the artist or the drawer, and one is like a cheerleader cheering their team on. This was awful for me and my middle school students. Maybe your students are more chill and laid back and able to stay contained within their group if they don't have an active job to do. Um, But even with having three students in a group, there's going to be a little bit of downtime for each of the students as they rotate. So I recommend two to three students per group. I have assigned groups in the past. Today, I let my students pick their groups. I feel like they have finally worked well enough together this year, and we've done enough collaboration in class where I trusted them to pick their groups for this. I had maybe one or two groups that I have to give some reminders to, to like, hey, stay with your own group, or hey, make sure you're actually doing what you're supposed to be doing. Um, So however you think is best for your students. So basically the way that I explain this to the students, or the way I prepare as a teacher, let's start there. My students have just been reading La Lucha de la Limonada, which is a short graphic novel by Senor Woolley, and we have read the first half of it. So basically, leading up to this running dictation, we have done a lot of summarizing of the events in the story and reading them and drawing them and interpreting them and making sure like the students know these words, right? Because I don't want this running dictation to be so challenging that they aren't having fun and that they're like frustrated about it. So make sure it's something that they're familiar with. What I did was I basically picked out nine sentences 
of the summary, making sure the sentences themselves weren't super long. And I cut them into strips, so one sentence per strip. I labeled them A through I with the letters so that the students could easily keep track of like which sentences they had already done or not. And I taped them up like randomly throughout my classroom and even in the hallway. Um, there's some teachers where I've seen where like if your gym is open or available to you, you could tape them and bring them into your gym. If you could do this outside, you could have you could have all the sentences on one piece of paper. But I have found that by putting them in different places throughout the classroom or even in the hallway, it keeps the groups kind of separated and they're not all trying to look at the exact same thing. So again, whatever works best for you. I know some teachers have covered the sentences like with a piece of paper so the kids actually have to like lift it up and read it and put it down. Um, I just make the font small enough so that they can't read it from where they're sitting in their groups. So I have them sit in pods in their groups. I have cut up the sentences. The letter order is not in order of the actual sequence of the sentences in the summary. So maybe the first sentence is supposed to be Chad and Justin are in the garage, and the last sentence is supposed to be Chad is surprised because he has a bottle of lemonade in his hand. I'm sorry, Justin. Well, maybe, you know, letter B is the one about Justin being surprised, and letter H is the one about them being in the garage. Because... There's a reason for that, that I don't label them in the order that they're in, and that's because that's one of the steps that the students need to do as part of their recall and rereading and reprocessing the input is putting them in order of the story. So as a teacher, all I did was I cut up my sentences, I taped them around my classroom and taped them in the hallway, um, and that's... And then I needed half sheets of paper. So I collect all the paper that my students use all year long where like the backside is blank. And then I use them for things like quick quizzes or running dictation. So I have literally a whole drawer of probably a thousand sheets of paper that I have collected over the last like four years. Um, and every year I make a dent in it when I do these kinds of activities and need paper for quick quizzes. So I cut pieces into half sheets and from the teacher end, that's all I do to prep it. I have my sentence strips and I have the half sheets of paper ready for the groups. So now when you're explaining to the students, and I'm going to explain it to you like I explained to them what they're going to do, um, basically you tell them, you know, the, you're going to be in groups of two or three, either give them assigned groups or let them choose. And then you're going to need to sit by your group member, but they only they need one less desk if you have desks. Um, they need one less desk than there are group members. So if it's a group of two, they only need one desk. And if it's a group of three, they only need two desks. And I make the students who are not actively running be seated at the time. So that's why the desks are there. If you had a desk classroom, they could be seated in, in their chairs or on the floor and have clipboards or whatever it is that, that works for you. So then I tell them they're all going to have to assign a role to themselves. So if they're in groups of three, the first person is the runner, the second person is the writer, and the third person is either the artist or the translator. Depends on what you want them to do to show their comprehension. So I have had classes where they write, they write the Spanish sentence on the paper and then they draw a picture to show their comprehension, but sometimes they're so concerned about getting done in time that they rush through it and then you look at their picture and you're like uh I don't even know what this is so you could right on have them instead of drawing a picture right underneath the Spanish sentence or the target language sentence have the the sentence in English or in the first language 
So the idea is that the runner is able to go to the sentence and back as many times as they need in order to accurately dictate the sentence to the writer. So if George is the runner in my group, George might run out into the hallway to find sentence A, and he might only be able to memorize two words at a time. So he's going to run, or walk fast in my case, and go out there and try to memorize it. And it's George's job as the runner to communicate any accent marks, any punctuation, any um, quotation marks, upside down exclamation points, etc., spelling, it's his, George's job to dictate that to me. Now, this is really nice for students who have a hard time pronouncing words in the target language because they don't actually have to come say the sentence in Spanish. They could just spell out the words to their partners. Now, I know that sounds really clunky and weird, but when I tell the students you can just spell the words, they're still like getting used to how things are spelled and getting familiar and paying close attention with the way that Spanish is put together. So George's job as the runner is to memorize the sentence in the target language and come dictate it to me. It's my job to write it down on the piece of paper in Spanish. Then when I'm done, I pass it on to the third person whose job it is to either draw a picture to show what that sentence means or to translate it into English. And I do tell them that their group members can help them. So if the person who's the writer and translating into English or the one who's drawing doesn't know what a word means, their group members can say, oh, yeah, that means that, you know, the mom yells, not the mom says. So then, but the person who's writing or the person who's drawing physically has to do that act. So they're working collaboratively together. They're, they're a team. It's a race. So then they all switch roles. But it's very important that they switch in order. So the runner becomes the writer, the writer becomes the translator or the artist, and the translator or artist becomes the runner. Because if they get funky out of order like this, then some of the kids aren't going to get turns to do some of the jobs. And I like them to have kind of equal-ish turns doing each job and also getting a break between when they're running. And also making sure that they're not getting a head start by having someone start running for the next sentence before they're even done with the last step, which is why it's important for whoever's doing the last step, whether it's drawing a picture or writing the L1 translation, for them to become the runner next. I have had a lot of hiccups in my class without making that clear. So just keep an eye on your groups when you're doing this activity. Even today, and these students have done this before, I was like, hold on a second, something seems off. Like, I don't think you are supposed to be the runner right now. So we took a minute, we talked about it, we fixed up the order, and then they got the hang of it. If your group only has, if your groups are only two students, then one person is the runner, the other person is the writer and or drawer, and then they just flip-flop running each, every other sentence. That way they get a break from it, because sometimes they go back and forth like five or six times, and they start to work up a sweat. So give them a break. They get a break that way. So then the last step that I like to always have the students do is I like to have the students put the sentences or the parts of sentences. You could have them match up, like first part of a sentence with second part of a sentence um, for what would make sense. But since we're doing a story, it was nine sentences from the story. I had them put the sentences in order of what actually happened in the story. And then as a group today, so I didn't want to have them do the drawings as a part of their running dictation rotation. Wow, that sounded fancy. So I had them do the drawings at the end and work together as a group. 
So after they had the sentences written down in Spanish, translated into English, put in order, then they all worked as a group, divided and conquered to draw little images. And then they raised their hands, called me over, I checked them. Now, I am a stickler for meaning and accents and spelling just because I make it clear that it's the runner's job to pay careful attention to how things are spelled and accent marks and punctuation. And really, it's a what kind of a way to get some of those fast finishers like because those are the kids that oftentimes are are so quick with their learning and so so quick with their understanding that they're they're ready to be pushed to pay attention to a lot of those things too. So when my first group finishes, if they forgot the N on a stan instead of a stan, they wrote a style, say, Oh, there's a mistake on this one, and I give it back to them and I walk away. And then they have to send a runner to go back. And it doesn't matter to me who they send. They send a runner to go back and find the mistake and bring it back and fix it. And then they re-raise their hand again. But this gives other groups an opportunity to feel like, oh, we haven't lost the race yet. Sometimes I've given out rewards in the past. Like we use Clipper Cash as like a PBIS reward, like a school currency. Um, And today the group was like, what do we get? And I said, bragging rights to know that you're the best, like in a really cheesy way while giving them a thumbs up and a smile. And they're like, we're the best. And I'm like, yes. Um, And then as you start to notice maybe one or two or three groups finishing, that's when it's time to end the activity. Because when the majority of your class is done, but you have a couple of straggler groups still going, if you even have time, those straggler groups feel really self-conscious because pretty much everyone else is watching them and or the students who are already done are starting to create chaos unless you have something else for them to channel their energy into. Um, And basically, I just give the students like, I don't grade these often. Um, You could if you wanted to for like completion or effort, you could give them like, hey, you worked well in a group and you all tried and you know, whatever. Um, But I didn't give them a grade because they were all actively engaged. I do try to monitor the hallway to make sure that they're not running anyone over or running into anyone. Um, In the past, I have not had colleagues complain. I do sometimes give them a heads up in the classrooms near me like, hey, if you see these things taped to the wall, please don't take them down. And also if you see kids coming in and out of my room, they're supposed to be there. However, today I did have a colleague come and try to close my classroom door while kids were running in and out of the hallway, and I was very flustered and trying to explain that that's only going to make it worse, that they're going to have to like open and close the door as they go in and out. Um, but I did double check with the teachers on the rooms next to me, like, was it too loud today? And they were like, no. Um, I only do this like twice a year with each class, so I don't feel like it's something that is too rambunctious or too boisterous. Um, I have sixth grade, last hour of the day. They've got a lot of pent-up energy, and it was nice to see some of the kids who don't necessarily thrive in seat work thriving in this physical activity and this different way of kind of channeling their their abilities. Um, so, yeah, that's running dictation. Again, Um, you know, there's variations. You could have them do translations. You could have them do drawings. Um, if there's any other ideas that you have that you could have them do, that's awesome. Um, I would suggest, I would say for timing purposes, I had nine sentences, mostly short-ish to medium-long sentences, and it probably took my students a good 30 minutes to let like three or four groups finish. Um, If you want this activity to be shorter, make your sentences really short or make your 
um, use less sentences. Um, if you wanted it to be longer, like if you have a block class and you really have time for them to do this, go ahead and do that if that works for you. So there's a lot of ways to modify it and use it, but it's a really fun way to review a text or review something that you've been doing before. I'm sure there's a lot of awesome spins out there on running dictations, but I just wanted to share a basic explanation of how I use it in my classes, how it's been successful for me. Um, I even had, for example, an eighth grader walking down the hall today while the sixth graders were doing this, and they were like, I remember when we did this. That was fun. Good times. So like, it creates a lot of good memories for a lot of them. Um, I have found when I pair them up, and force them into groups that they don't have as much fun and they get frustrated with their group members and it creates this resentment and animosity as much as I try to explain to them that you don't need to be best friends with your group members. You don't need to, um, you know, enjoy, enjoy spending time with them. You're working together for the purpose of Spanish class. But I really felt like today when I let them pick their own groups, and again, we've been working on working in our own groups with our people we've chosen and being able to stay focused and on task while we're doing that, etc. Um, I found that it really worked well. And when they were like frustrated with some of their group members, I was kind of like, well, you picked your group. So work together, support each other, help each other out. Um, and I felt that even when some of the groups weren't successful, that overall they still had fun because they were playing with their friends and they were on task. I circulate the room. I try not to get run over. I monitor the hallway. Um, and I'm at the end, I'm checking those groups that have finished. So I hope this helps. If you have any other questions, feel free to reach out. I'm on Instagram at Preaching to Acquire. I have a Facebook page, Preaching to Acquire. Um, brand new, started a Teachers Pay Teacher store. You got it, preaching to a choir. Um, and let me know what questions you have. Otherwise, I hope you try this out to end the year. And I hope your students enjoy it.